Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. Indeed, the podcast that has never been caught in a compromising position with a teammate. My name is Chris, I am your host, and this evening, as usual, I'm joined by Phil and Jez. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Hi. Hello. Plenty to get through, as always. We've got a, a little uh, flashback to the results from the Coupe de France coming up in a brief moment, as well as, of course, the weekend in Liga. And a look ahead to the European fixtures that affect a couple of French clubs this week upcoming. Plenty to get our teeth into. One slightly, uh, say, off topic, one slightly concerning incident um last week just wanted to very briefly touch on this because a few people have, have asked my thoughts on it and i really wanted to get uh jez's thoughts in particular on on this jez we we saw um made reference to it sort of in the intro there we, we saw a a video if you will um leak last week from a couple of years back i think it's safe to say concerns william saliba and uh, a teammate in a slightly um let's say a state of undress uh and this circulated Salibur's the... not in a state of undress but... no 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 the team the teammate yeah Salibur is seems to be the one filming it but um yeah it was slightly uncomfortable given that the players were of an underage um or appear to be of an underage um period of their lives and the fact that this sort of thing leaked out via snapchat and whatever i don't know how you do these things i'm too old for all that business but little bit concerning isn't it and we are going to touch on Saliba's form because that's been very very good and it shouldn't detract from how well he's doing on his his loan spell in Nice but is there any any sort of have you got any opinion you want to share just on on these sort of things coming out and a bit of a wider viewpoint on on how players need to be protected at a young age from these sort of things happening yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not really concerned in terms of it you know it sort of meaning that there's any issues with with Saliba's attitude or behaviour in general or anything like that. I mean, this is, by all accounts, it's sort of from three, four years ago. So you've got to remember, these are kids we're talking about. You, you say underage, but also just in terms of immaturity, they're sort of still learning about life. And these are the kind of, again, I'm, I'm too old for this as well, but I assume the kind of, you know, I don't know about, sitting there completely stark naked but you know maybe I don't know winding up friends by sort of filming them secretly in in compromising positions or whatever it's the kind of silly things that that kids get up to um so it's strange behavior less so from Saliba than the other player but I'm not going to mention him because there is actually law involved I think yeah um, in terms of Saliba, yeah, I just think stupid, childish hijinks. I don't think it's something that he should be sort of either punished or stigmatised for. Um, I'm more concerned about how and why it's come out now. Um, presumably, it's not something that's just suddenly been discovered. So you have to, I mean, you know, I am taking definitely the Saliba point of view because I'm a, I'm a real big fan of his and really want him to succeed but you have to wonder if there's some very bad faith involved that, that you know presumably this has sort of been held onto for a while and is now coming out and we have discussed before you're, you're a big Arsenal fan I've got a soft spot for Arsenal but um, there do seem to be certain people involved not in the club but but fans who sort of 
want Salaba to fail to kind of retrospectively justify the fact that he hasn't particularly been treated very well in the last year or so. Um, so I wonder if this is connected to that. But I just I just think, as I said, you know, he's a kid. He's playing extremely well for PSG, uh, for Nice rather, at the moment. Um, you know, really solid, <clears throat> solidified their defence. He's showing the leadership that, frankly, shouldn't be his to show yet at this stage. As a, I think he's still, is he 19 still? Um, yeah. You know, and, and still quite green, if you excuse the Saint-Étienne pun. Um, still relatively inexperienced and in a new club. So he's he's a, he's putting a hell of a lot on his shoulders and he's doing well. Um, there, was, there was a good article in, in, in L'Equipe over the weekend about how he and Tadebo together have really transformed Nice and um, providing that quality, that um, assuredness and strength at the back, but also the fact that they're both good footballers who, who are sort of the, the first line of attack, if you want. So... Um, I, you know, I'd rather that we sort of spoke in those terms about Salabo, and I think this this other incident is weird and unseemly. But certainly, of, of the two people involved, I'd say he's he's kind of got a little bit less to, to less awkwardness to deal with, and whatever awkwardness there is there, I just think move on. I think it'd be very hard, very harsh to sort of stigmatize some. A very talented player for for something that happened when he was sort of sixteen or something like that. Just if we're going to talk about this, then for our listeners who don't know what the hell we're talking about, could we possibly just describe in vague in, in vague terms? detail? Essentially, it was a video that I believe was taken on Snapchat, which is a, obviously a social media platform where you can take a short clip of something um weirdly it seems like the clip is uh as i say quite old so it's obviously it's been kept for a while seemingly um and it's sort of the players it appears to be claire fontaine or certainly one of the uh the, the french bases if you will for for the under 17s i believe has come out and it's essentially saliba and a few other teammates sitting on a, a sofa with a well, let's be honest, a naked teammate um, having some fun time with himself, shall we say. And um, that that's pretty much all you need to know. And and it's a very brief clip. I think it's three or four seconds. The teammate in question appears to be on his phone as well. Um, and as Jez said, you know, this sort of thing, whilst it's not my cup of tea, goes on in Sunday league dressing rooms week in, week out. People you know, peeing in pints and flashing bits and doing things in showers and this sort of thing happens. But when it does leak out of a professional footballer's social media, I guess questions are going to be asked. And, and a few, I think a lot of people... If it was rugby, it. he'd immediately be made captain. Of oh, league. absolutely. Yeah. And probably, yeah, knighted and, and all sorts. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 not it's not great. It's, it doesn't look great, but I, I do agree with you, Jez. I think the stick that Saliba got in particular was strange, given the fact that he isn't the, the person in question sat naked doing things, shall we say. So I don't really know why it was him that got as much stick. Um, the one well, I really Presumably feel... he's the famous one. Well, that's, and that's also... And as Jez said, yeah. legally speaking, then this could be child pornography. A bit messy, yeah. So those are problematic. Why. 
that was why a lot of people, I think, got a, a lot of attention online because a lot of people were sharing it. And I think a lot of people got upset with that saying, well, you are sharing child pornography, which is exactly, exactly correct, you know. So, yeah, not great. I think the, the one person I feel sorry for in all this is poor old Kola Mawani of Nantes who had to deny it was him. Poor bugger. Um, so I <laughs> feel for him. But all uh, all sort of humour aside, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great. wasn't particularly um, appetising, shall we say. But... We'll leave that where it where it is, and as Jess said, maybe legal things to go through there. So um, we'll see where that ends up. Back to on the pitch, then. Let's um, have a brief look back to last week's Coupe de France. Just going to read through the results here. Nothing sort of too major because we've got a lot to cover in the league. But uh, Valenciennes, uh, if you can call it an upset, won away at Rams by four goals to three. Um, pretty good performance, that has to be said. And that uh, should be said as well. Rams got two late goals back. They were 4-1 down at the time. Uh, Maybe not an upset, but it was a, a fun, it was, yeah, a <laughs> situation. After yeah. We were talking about comebacks last week. Rams did their best, um, but didn't quite get there yeah so. yeah put put in a shift but um yeah didn't quite come up with the result in the end it's an upset isn't it i mean for the last year not that yeah no i was gonna say they, they are struggling I, th- yes. I, I think i think it's an upset it's just it's just not sort of an upset in terms of like you know it's not like third division upset but it's still an upset whatever way you look at it however you, however you describe it it is still um you know, technically an upset. So, and and a good result. And, and probably, I would guess, uh, Rams probably one less game to play. I'm not sure they'd be that concerned. Um, but uh, yeah, good result for Valenciennes. Good result for Lorient as well, which always makes me happy. A two-one win over Paris FC, who had briefly gone in front before we surround Moffy, who we'll speak a bit more about later on. Got the winning goals. Uh, Leon crushed Ajaxio by five goals to one. Quite a strong. Leon side that included uh, Memphis Depay, Usamawar, and two goals for uh, two goals uh, for um, Slimani and Shaki uh, apart. Uh, so that that made me nervous because obviously five one is a scoreline that um, Leon Montpellier uh, come up with a lot. So I was worried that they were, you know, kind of doing a dress rehearsal for the league game at the weekend, but fortunately not. Yes, indeed. More on that later to wet your whistle. We um, Moving on to the Wednesday games, we saw Toulouse beat Bordeaux in, again, what you would call an upset, has to be said. Toulouse, certainly the inf- one of the informed sides in Ligue 2, uh, Bayo and Antiste with the winning goals there. Well done to them. Monaco got a 1-0 win over Grenoble, and uh, that was a winning goal for Steven Jovetic, who's trying his best to put his injury-ravaged seasons behind him. Uh, 2-0 win for Montpellier, made Phil happy if they went away at Strasbourg. Andy Delors and uh, Petr Skulitic with the winning goals there. Marseille won a game. Yeah, less said about them. Probably the better once again, but uh, Dario Benedetto started his week better than he finished it with a goal and uh, T- uh, Dieng with a late second to beat Auxerre. That, Lons- was, that was a lovely goal. Uh, it was, yeah. It was 92nd minute. They didn't have everything their own way, but it was a really lovely finish. I think... His first senior game, I'm not sure, but it was a, a very good. Yeah, for for a um, for a, for a sort of a younger player as well, like you like to see players step up and perform when they get given the chances. 
Uh, we saw uh, saw Lens beat uh, Nantes by four goals to two. Um, Nantes actually led in that game through Bamba before Corentin Jean double to Kure and Moinga got Lens four one up before Bamba got one back to make it four two. Wasn't that, quite enough. That that was kind of weird because I think that was um, Dominic had gone at this point, so Nantes. Uh, go ahead on the 24th minute through Bamba and everyone's like yay it's a new era and then Lance scored equalized two minutes later and it was 3-1 at half time yeah <laughs> kind of felt like yeah kicking the puppy yeah yeah it's uh it is a little bit or uh, kicking the blind man stick out from under him or buggers. Uh, Jez uh, was happy though because Metz got a first minute goal and a last minute goal to see off Armian player with the opening goal for the away side before Blin equalised for Armian and Wagner with a last minute penalty. Made it 2-1 to Metz. So they go through as do Brest who beat Rode by two goals to one. Dembele put the away side in front before Steve Mounier and Lee Duron got the second goal for Brest to see off their opponents. Two goals in a minute there in that game. Nice uh, continued their sort of slight upturn in form. Ronnie Lopez double and Pierre-Elise Melou with the three goals that saw off Nîmes who briefly replied through Doljevic but it wasn't enough. Lille got uh, their now famous, although not this weekend, 1-0 wins over Dijon. That's Kamara with the winner there. And a similar story for Paris Saint-Germain, who Moise Ken got the winner away at Cannes. And finally, we saw Sochaux beat Etienne by goal to nil again. Slight upset there. Badia with the only goal. And Angers... That wasn't really a... I know Saint-Etienne have been playing with the B team through injuries for a while now, but this was... You know, this was as strong as you'd see in the league, I think. So that's a... Yeah, deserved as well, based upon what I saw. Yeah, to sort of deserve what? result based based on that performance. Um, again, it's just sort of aside from, from the lower league or from the league below, taking advantage of it aside that... Not too bad form St. Asian, but obviously not a great season for them so far. And uh, finally, my one of one of my many man crushes, uh, Angelo Phil Genie, got both goals before a Jurassi reply proved to not be enough. Auger beating Rennes by two goals to one. And that is where we stand in the Coupe de France. We've got a piece from John going up on the website and we've got fixtures going so this the, midweek the as well. So the fixtures are coming thick and fast um, in the other trouser of the Coupe de France. I think we've just had this seventh round and the eighth round is kind of slightly happening so um no photos sadly but uh we should have a roundup on the website um of the next day or two of what's going on in the rest of the teams as they struggle to keep up before joining the the pros at a later stage Excellent. Um, and yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of no pictures, there's been some very lovely snow-filled pictures on uh, various French teams' Instagrams this week. So that's been fun to watch. Speaking of fun to watch, that leads us nicely into the league action from the weekend, where it uh, it was all change basically at the top, and we were just saying for what we have been saying for the past two to three weeks um you know it's it's an open title race anyone can win it and whilst that doesn't change and hasn't changed this probably will be the weekend that we might look back on and say was that the weekend where certain teams uh, dropped the bat on or, or certainly um made things harder for themselves um i'm going to get both your opinions on on kind of grouping three games 
Uh, Jez, I'll come to you first of all then. PSG were the winners of the weekend, um, literally. They beat Nice by two goals to one. Draxler and Moise Ken after Ronnie Lopez had uh, spectacularly equalised for Nice, who I thought were quite unlucky to not come out of this with a point. Um, we then saw Leon rather surprisingly lose to Montpellier, which will make Phil happy, which we'll come to in a minute, to Teji Savanier and uh, Wahi with the winner after Paquita had equalised. And we also saw Monaco Lorient draw 2-2 in a game. Monaco took to the very last kick of the game through Wissam Ben Yedda to equalise after Terra Moffi, of course, had scored both goals for Lorient and uh, Ben Yedda himself had scored the opener to make it 2-2. And finally, we saw Lille and Brest draw 0-0 in a game where Lille just looked a little bit tired and, and just threw everything they could at, uh, at Brest but couldn't break them down. Am I being harsh, Jez, when I say this is potentially a turning point with those four results. It just feels a little bit like when the pressure was really on, particularly Leon, I thought, they just fell away. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it's harsh. I mean, I think maybe it's the only bit that's harsh is to kind of say, you know, the, the pressure's on suddenly this week. I think, you know, the, the three or four, if you want to include Monaco, I don't particularly... Um, have sort of emerged as the title contenders over a few weeks now. And this is the first time that, well, actually, no, it's, the, it's not the first time for Lyon in recent weeks, but um, it just happens that, that it all happened this weekend. But generally, all three of them have sort of been matching each other. And a couple of times it's PSG that dropped the points. So I think it's it would be harsh to say that it's the other two dropped the points because they're suddenly feeling the pressure. Um, I think there might be other things at stake. I mean, certainly in the case of Lille, as you said, they they did look tired, and that's that's the concern for them. There are a lot of games they've been playing midweek the last couple of weeks. They're going to be playing midweek in the Europa League this week, and they don't have the deepest squad in the world. I mean, we've talked before that there are good players in midfield to come in. There are good players up front to come in. So Gautier can rotate to an extent, but obviously there isn't the same kind of squads or the same kind of you know level of international, for example, that you can bring on that, that a PSG can. If you know if there's no Moise Keane, there's an Icardi, vice versa. There's you know, Mbappe can play down the middle. That there's there's a lot more options there. They can have sort of injury crises at fullback and still play internationals. The other, well, Lille don't have that. Lyon, just Lyon, they can have a very Lyon moment and like they did this weekend and, and are still liable to drop points. So it did feel like a significant weekend because all three other teams dropped points and PSG, despite actually not particularly impressing and despite very much having their, their minds on the match tomorrow against Barcelona, um, you know, you'd, you'd have kind of thought, if anything, they would have been the ones that, that maybe would have taken their eye off the ball this weekend. So the fact that they've come through this weekend in a better position than than, than they came into it um, is ominous. But I still think that there's going to be a few twists and turns. I can still see them dropping points. I saw yesterday that, that there was some kind of one of these ridiculous models that kind of projects results for the rest of the season and they have Lyon to finish first um, I wouldn't put money on that um, I still I still think PSG are, are favourites I still think it's theirs to lose but um, yeah it's a very good weekend for them 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a turning point in terms of uh, results alone. Phil, you probably had your eye on, on Montpellier in particular. Um, <laughs> do you want to give them a bit of credit? Because they came and, and yeah. they played. I mean, Teji Savanier, I, I know we both love, but his passing was an absolute thing of of just beauty. Like yeah, some I of the passes were, are just, oh, what a there, were, there were four Montpellier players in the Gibbs, um team of the week. And what I also love is obviously that the um, season after super sub, you know, statistically the best ever super sub, Suli Kamara, um, uh, retired, that we seem to have a new one in Wai, who's got, what is it, three goals, four goals now, um, popping in. And, that's, and that was off a Savannah free kick that he got the, the winner there. I think going back to kind of what we were saying about is this, you know, a key weekend, if any of these results happened individually, they would not be a thing. But the fact that all three of the rest of the top four, because I am including Monaco just for the lols, um, that they all linked does make it feel more significant than if just one of them had screwed up. So I think something that um, was evident watching the Lyon Montpellier game was there were some big misses. And somebody said, check the XG after this game. So I did, and understand, have it as 3.94 for OL versus 1.76 for Montpellier, which tells you that Lyon seriously did struggle um, to, to get anything together. Um, one of the players who was in Lekeep's team of the week was goalkeeper Jonas Omlin. So, you know, he was a key part in keeping out their, their shots on target. But that yeah, was, a, yeah. I think, a tough day at the office for, for Lyon. But Montpellier, who haven't had the best time of things recently, as we have been discussing, did look back to uh, a much kind of better situation. Yeah. I think with the others, looking at uh, PSG, um, they kind of, they seem to be playing Paredes in their kind of Marco Verratti role, despite I'm not sure he got booked. So maybe still a way to go there. But um, uh, one thing was um, noticeable was Pelma, the niece fullback, doing a really good job on trying to keep Mbappe quiet, which um, uh, is obviously an extremely hard job to do, but he did seem to have a really good match and, you know, Nice lost, but as you were mentioning, uptick in form. They did look very impressive. They were playing one of the best teams in the league. So, you know, uh, even though they didn't get any points from this, I think they can still take, take some positives. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you all hit the nail on the head there. Um, to be fair, I think it's uh, I think it was a case of um, of just one of those where PSG had the the sort of the task of getting us off and running um, into. I suppose you know Leon had already lost; they knew what they had to do, but it put pressure on particularly Monaco and Lille in the second games, and uh, and, and that proved to be the the Lille game really surprised me. They ended up. I mean, they had 14 shots to three, no shots on target, according to, um, I think, Opta and who scored. 
and they had Bamba booked in the 74th minute, kind of looking for a penalty. They did look a little bit desperate at yeah. some points. The rest were really good, held it together, and that was, uh, yes, possibly a worrying result given the European game coming up, but Lille do play the fine margins. And so, again, that, and the thing is, uh, we were all saying this, and the, the TV commentators were saying, oh, God, it's points dropped or whatever. They are still top of the table. Lille are top of the table. The doom and gloom around them uh, after that um, goalless draw against Brest would make you think, oh, my God, they've tumbled. No, they're still top. It's just it felt, like I say, as the final game of that, top four that if they blink too is this something bigger than what it is so um yeah yeah and we speak ahead of of course of uh, psg play monaco this this upcoming weekend which will be very interesting mm-hmm. to see how that one goes and and to give it still can't defend yeah i was just going to say give it you know given given some praise to so, Laurie, I, mean, I know it, obviously it's going to come from me, but they really took the game to Monaco. Well, they they was did. A, they did. Really it was it. great fun to watch. I was kind I mean, for your sake, Chris, I was I was holding on. But yeah. when they, when Ben Yedda got that 93rd minute equaliser, it was like... It was coming. Yes. But that's the thing. They got deeper and deeper and deeper, Lorian, and, and they were clinging on. And it was just, just really unfortunate because they, they put in such a shift. And albeit Benjamin Lacan was kind of giving away the early penalty. And after we've been discussing Ben Yedder having dropped off a bit. Yeah, he comes back. He's firing. dropped back again, hasn't he? So, yeah. Uh... Yeah, maybe it was all. Maybe he's just having a tough day. But uh, yeah, a result that um, probably benefits Lorient more than more than Monaco. But um, in and around, uh, we should mention sort of in and around Lorient and, and certain in and around the bottom, there was some changes this week. Um, Jez, on a scale of one to ten, how surprised were you when Nantes announced that Roman Dominic had left his post, and uh, <laughs> and subsequently, how surprised were you to see Anton Kumbuare? arrive in the snow to uh, to get them off to a winning start as they won uh, their f- first game under his stewardship. Uh, massive game, really, for them to win 3-1 away at Angers. Um, I'm not surprised Dominic's gone, but I don't... I don't... I feel more sympathy for him than, than a lot of people are showing. Um, it was a ridiculous appointment. But, um, you know, he tried his best. I just think he's yesterday's man, if you want to be sort of relatively kind to him. I just think it was a totally inappropriate appointment. It was sort of unfortunate that it was, it was, it was announced officially exactly, at exactly the moment that Nantes scored that brilliant team goal to, to give themselves a, a one-minute lead against Nantes in the Coupe de France. Um, in terms of Comboare coming in, surprised and not surprised. Um, I'm surprised he's still managing to get a gig in Liga after the last two, three years. But, you know, there's a good chance that because of those last two, three years, he's the only person who um, whose stock is low enough that he actually was prepared to accept that job. Um 
of the three things I'm most surprised by the by the win over Angers. So that's a really impressive win, um, a really important win. Um, it helped that obviously that that Lorient conceded that that last minute goal, but they still need to to, to keep in touch with them and and. Um, it's just a massive tonic. I think it's, it was something like 16 games without a win, maybe. And, and um, you know, to, to with Nîmes winning as well, they, they need to, to, well, keep their heads above water, which is just about what, what they're doing at the moment. Um, it pushes them a lot further away from Dijon. It keeps them um, that little bit away for, from Nîmes and it keeps them in touch with, with those above. And I'm still I still worry for them because I'm still not sure Comboare um is good enough as a coach. Um I'm not sure that nonce players are the types that can kind of get down and dirty in the way that Comboare likes his teams to do anyway, let alone in a relegation fight. Um but you know you often see a, a a new manager's map bounce, I guess, and maybe that's all it is. And Nong will hope there's a little bit more to it. But I mean, one thing that was interesting was Ludovic Blas had a very good game, and and he didn't necessarily do particularly well under Comboire at Gagnon. So that's one to sort of watch this space and could be crucial to to their chances of staying up. And I'm still not hopeful, but good start. Yeah, yeah. All you can do is is win the games that are in front of you, which is the no. massive cliche. But yeah, Go on, as we we said, maybe new manager bounce. Or I mentioned this, and uh, our friend Alexandru Mercier responded, could also be called just manager bounce. In this case, um, was obviously not went two 0 up inside ten minutes of Simon Loser, and then Lafont actually saved a penalty from Buffal. Uh, before VAR got involved and the penalty was retaken and Mangani converted it. But you saw the, the kind of the passion. Lafont looked like he'd scored scored a goal uh, with his reaction to, to the save. So maybe there's, if there is a bit of a bounce, it's going to be about, um, you know, getting those decent players, so if you keep saying they've got decent players, uh, just feeling a bit more positive about life, because obviously things can't have been that much fun recently for them, so no, maybe no. this this is uh, the way to kind of get up on that, and uh, they are playing Marseille at the weekend, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, which probably seems a good point to mention them. I sort of joked in our podcast group last night that they're insisting on on doing something every week to make sure they get a mention in the podcast. They're only going to get a very brief mention this weekend as they drew the uh, what was billed the, the must-see game of the weekend, which was, frankly, horrid. Uh, Bordeaux nil, Marseille nil, but that wasn't really the story. The story was that... Uh, Leonardo Balerdi was sent off for denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity. A lot of people saw saying this shouldn't have been a red. I was baffled at why. Clearly, um, uh, sort of racing in on goal, it, 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 albeit from an angle, it was just the clearest red card I've ever seen. Um, as was Dario Benedetto's for, frankly, horrific knee-height challenge on Lauren Cascelli, who at his age doesn't need to be taking those sort of challenges. Um, and it just reeked of a club completely in disarray, um, players completely revolting and uh, in more ways than one 
and uh, basically a horrible game. Um, Bordeaux had the chances, really should have won it. Uh, Huang Zhou in particular was guilty of a couple of very good chance missed or chances missed. And uh, yeah, it, it really wasn't a particularly good good game. Um, it, it was it was just a poor affair. So less said the better. Uh, running down a couple of other to, results. To be fair to Marseille, they now do lead um, to table in one sense. They have more red cards than any other <laughs> any other club in their top five leagues in Europe. Why does that they not overtook, surprise me? They overtook Montpellier in the process. Good lord! It was just so that that Benedetto challenge it was so brainless at a time when Marseille were actually probably on top before the sending off for, for Ballardi, and, and it just leaves them with two more players that's out suspended. Of course, they were missing Dimitri Payet. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for this game, anyway, through suspension, so a bit of a sorry show. Unfortunately, the thing was was sad in this is it's such a it's such an important fixture for mm. French football. Um, you know, it's the, the two big teams of the 80s, the sort of Claude Bears against Bernard Tappy throwback, the, the amazing sort of stat that Marseille haven't, haven't won at Bordeaux in the league since 1977. But during most of that time, there's been two very good clubs sharing titles, sharing um, good European runs, and just to see two, two teams really in the doldrums and, and Yassine Adli, in the, the post-match press conference, was was very critical about Bordeaux as well, and you know, saying they're ju- they're just not good enough. And yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's just kind of sad to see. You want to see um, a good spectacle, especially in the Sunday night match. Especially seeing as from next week, the big um, to to probably cater to China. One of the big. Matches of the weekend is going to be moved to one o'clock on a Saturday, which seems ridiculous to me. Um, it would have been nice to for this to have been a, a an entertaining match, but frankly, it was never going to be. Yeah, um, that was what after the final whistle. You're thinking, what was most impressive here? OM's spectacular collapse over the space of five minutes to go down to nine men, or the fact that Bordeaux couldn't score having played. 30 minutes against nine men. You know, yeah. I, we're, we're kind of, it's easy to laugh at Marseille here, but Bordeaux were not fabulous. It was, there was no shot on target in the first half. It ended one apiece at the end. And hmm. Bordeaux just didn't, didn't do anything uh, when you've basically been offered an open goal. The only, the only thing I would say to that is I think on another day, Wang Rujo probably takes one of, he missed at least yeah. three, so maybe four. Post. Yeah, that was slightly unfortunate, the, the post one, but he, he did miss some very, very um, presentable chances. Also, on a, on a theme with, with no one covering themselves in glory in this match, apparently after the match, Pierre Menez criticised um, Sabali's performance for Bordeaux, which is amazing because he wasn't in the squad. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's going to say I didn't even recognise it being in the, in the, on the pitch. So that's an interesting one. The the only other thing I would say as well is is in this game, it felt to me a little bit, and I, I don't like to sort of go after players, but it did appear, particularly in the last 20 minutes, it was kind of the Hatem Banafa show in, in a sense that he was hogging possession a lot. And there was a few opportunities where I felt he could have released it earlier and tried to run and do everything himself. And that's yeah. sort of the Banafa we don't 
kind of need to see. Um, I, I, agree. I, have I think better... he was looking at this as, oh, lambs to the slaughter. I want to be the guy that puts the knife in. And yeah, like that was part of why Bordeaux didn't manage to take advantage of what should have been, uh, you know, uh, as I say, an open goal. Mm. Bordeaux yeah. have uh, a better points per game average or ratio, whatever you want to call it, um, when he's not playing than when he is. Yeah, it's just a weird one because you know when he's on form, he's he's still a joy to watch, but it was just. It just felt he was just trying to force it a bit and it, it did feel that bit of a I'm the superstar, just let me go to work kind of thing. And yeah, I'm not keen on on that. There's a little bit of sort of the Mbappe Neymar kind of thing about that. But um Bordeaux and, and Ben Alpha separated down the middle. But um hey ho, it is what it is. No new news on Marseille's new manager, by the way. The favourite is still um name escapes me, the Chilean Chappie. Thank you. Um, but uh, nothing announced yet and still no news on projected takeovers or denials of takeovers or God knows what. So tune in next week where I'm sure Marseille will have six players sent off and have an eight all draw. So look out for that one. Um, elsewhere, I really have a couple of other results before we have a look at the European action upcoming. We saw Rouse and Lonstraw 1-1 on Friday night in a game that uh, saw a missed penalty um, of all things. Um, from from a, a fairly reliable source, I think it's. Would that be fair to say, on Kakuta? I think it's probably fair to say that he did miss a penalty. Um, the uh, the early goal that uh, put Rams in front from Zanelli would have been equalised there, but it was later equalised by Sotoka, and uh, a one-one draw probably a fair result on the balance of play. Not the greatest well, spectacle. Bit hard done by. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit, but. Yeah. <laughs> I know the Jazz won't agree with me on that, but uh... maybe a little. But I thought I thought overall there was enough to say there was a decent enough for for both teams to say a draw was was a decent result. Um, Neen won the big one at the basement battle. I don't really know where this leaves either team particularly, but uh, Repar and Elias, and he's having a lovely time all of a sudden. Um, two goals for for Neen. Uh, Samarantano was also sent off in the last minute, but. It's a win that um, gives Neem the leapfrogging position of Dijon. So Dijon go to the bottom, five straight losses, and Neem climb to 19th. But still a sizable gap of four points to Nantes in 18th and, and five to Lorient above them. So still a lot of work to be done. But uh, nevertheless, key result for Neem, and it plunges Dijon further into trouble. Uh, good result for Strasbourg as well, which won't please Jez, but um, probably a win that Strasbourg needed with a bit of rough patch of form recently. Adrian Thomason double after Tom and Delaney had put Metz in front, saw Strasbourg over the line. So, um, yeah, really good result that for Strasbourg. As I say, not in immediate danger, but just gives them that cushion in 16th place. And speaking of much-needed wins, uh, hands up if you saw this one coming. Ren Nilsson, Etienne, two. So Etienne scoring two goals. Yes, two goals. Dennis Boranga and uh, Nordar with the two. And um, they, they deserved it, I have to say. I watched the majority of this game. And, yeah, Ren didn't offer very much at all. Ren looked very iffy. I mean, the... I mean, Etienne scored two goals off XG of 0.35. Um which Ren just didn't look to be at the races anywhere, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, but as you say, Saint-Étienne are going to take everything they can get, so they're unbeaten in four now. Yeah, apart from in the cup, obviously. Three um, three wins in four as well. I mean, they they have, I think, turned the corner. Turn the corner, Ren, yeah. Ren, uh, Ren haven't won in five. I've, so, I've... 
quite pleased with Claude Puel as well. Who had, the, you know, like when uh, he's very calm on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah, and I, just at the final whistle where it cut him as he sort of came onto the pitch. You know, when people are sort of really desperately trying to hide the fact that, that they're smiling and they're trying to keep calm and composed, but they can't help but grin. Like it, there was a <laughs> almost like a tear in the eyes of just saying, "My boys have won the game." Like you know, it was it's actually quite nice to see. And yeah, I know he divides opinion, but you know, Sonetti and I, I think, are a team that. I think Renner is sort of not not one to watch. I mean, they're obviously not in danger, but it's hard to sort of... They're sleepwalking, aren't they? Was, yeah, it's hard to play so they are. I mean, they're, they're out of the cup as well, which really isn't very good. Mm. It was an easy match away to Angers, but but you'd expect, you know, they have become a decent cup Side, yeah. side. Um, and like I said, no wins in five. They seem to very much have runs. Like, they had a terrible run then a very good run, and now they're, they're sort of mid-bad run again. But, you know, Niang has gone relatively acrimoniously. They haven't really got... I, li- I like Girassi, but I don't know to what extent he can be relied on to, to score a lot of goals. I mean, it's good that he's back, I suppose, but I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what they are. I don't know. Are they? I know they, they qualified for Champions League this year, but do, do they see that as a kind of unexpected bonus or do they see it as something they should be kicking on from? Um, they're kind of lucky that um, the teams behind them are sort of falling over themselves not to overtake them. I mean, Mess have, have turned down two opportunities to go up to fifth place. Mm. Um, I, I, don't, I don't... If they don't don't qualify for Europa League, for example, and the, the, their current, if they carry on in their current form, they may well not do. What happens? Is that failure for Stefan? Do they get rid of him? Does he think that um, he's better than all of this and he's taken them as far as he can go and he, will he look for a bigger job? I just think that they're an interesting, they're in an interesting place right now. Yeah, they're, they're an interesting, uninteresting watch. If that makes any sense, you know they're not exactly thrilling on the eye. But as you say, it's that form, and yeah, last four games, two draws and two defeats. Um, yeah, it does seem a little bit iffy. And by, but, by um, the way, just to keep up my theme, that they're also filthy under under Stefan, and always seem to get away with it. I can't Martin in particular. <laughs> in terms of Benedetto, there was a filthy tackle by a Ren player last yesterday with both, you know. Proper scissors, legs round both legs of the opponent, and he got away with with just a booking. I was I was really shocked. I thought it was a red card all day long. Mm, yeah, some strange refereeing decisions this weekend. I must admit, but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely something to um, to keep an eye on. In terms of Liga as well, we have got a random midweek game. Um, nothing to see here as Nice host Marseille. Um, I say nothing to see here. It's, it's probably going to be worth a watch, to be I'll fair. Because uh, uh, sorry, I've got it the wrong way around. Thank on my ass, you're absolutely correct. Um, Wednesday night. My notes are wrong. No, no, no. I was, I was reading it completely the wrong way around. It is indeed Marseille hosting hosting Nice. I, it's one of the I games they didn't play. Given how Nice have, are on a bit of an uptick, mm. I I think they it's could good time to play Marseille, They could take this. Yeah. Mm. And that would put me nice, out any strikers. So, put Nice up to twelfth as well if they win, um, and and it yeah. would further plunge Montpellier. Uh, Montpellier, I'm looking at Montpellier, further further plunge Marseille 
into into that horrible run of form and no wins in five they're down to ninth and remember it was only seems like a few weeks ago we were talking about could they make a title push that's in the bin i think it's fair to say and you know what a couple of wins for a couple of teams below them and they're suddenly not just mid-table they're lower mid-table so certainly um a dumpster fire to keep an eye on again sorry marseille but is what it is but that might be worth a watch in midweek as indeed will the two French clubs in Europe um, in terms of games to look forward to. Uh, Jez, are you particularly, um, I, I guess, I mean, PSG Barcelona is obviously the standout tie in the Camp Nou. Lille Ajax has its own kind of um, uh, appeal to me in terms of that I just think it might be a really good footballing contest if Galtier lets his charges off the leash a little, which remains to be seen if that happens. Um, sort of thoughts on both those games? Any, any sort of? Do you feel like both are winnable for the French clubs? Um, I do. I mean, Barcelona. Have, from what I see, they they can start. They can play well, and they've had a couple of, of five goal wins recently. And Griezmann and Messi definitely do seem to be developing a relationship. Um, Messi seems back to to close to his top form. Um, and you've got players like Trincao who are, who are coming in and, and doing important jobs and scoring important goals as well. So there's concerns there. But then on the other hand, they, they still come out with these these poor results like in the in the Super Cup or being knocked out of the Cup last week. Okay, to Sevilla, a decent team, but, but still. Um, so I, I don't know. I, PSG definitely are capable of winning this tie. I don't know about winning tomorrow night I think that they are capable of winning over the two legs but in both cases it really depends what team turns up I'm less comfortable now than when the draw was made I think Mm. Barcelona have got their act together a lot more than PSG have since then and I'm not sure that enough PSG players are at the top of their form in terms of um, uh, fitness and form Um, Marquinhos of all players didn't look fantastic this weekend. Navas has just come back. Verratti needed to be rested. Neymar obviously is out. Um, We haven't really spoken about it, but there's been an interesting debate all week in France about to what extent he's just been really unlucky or he brings some of these injuries on himself. Um, Mbappe sort of one week looks like he's coming back to his best. The next week doesn't again. So it's, it's, and Di Maria, Maria's out as well. So, I'm yeah, I'm a lot less comfortable than I was, but I still think they, they could pull something out of the bag. Mm, yeah, and, uh, and, and Leo Phil for you? It would you. help if I wouldn't dare to suggest that there's any fixing that ever goes on in football. But um, What yeah. earth do you mean? <laughs> Remontada or not, and, and Thiago Silva and Unai Emery completely losing the plot or not. Um, there's an article in Lekip today about the referee, the guy who refereed that remontada, and UEFA have banned him from ever speaking about that match. Interesting. Yeah, insert debate here. <laughs> Phil, what do you reckon about Lille? It's, it's, it's quite a glamorous sort of looking tie on paper, I, isn't it? I mean, Lille been yeah. brilliant in Europa League. I'm hopeful, but having watched some of the game at the weekend, mm. I become less hopeful. Um, now, I think the the issue is you just talked about if Galtier lets them off the leash, um, he, he's not going to, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, the way Ajax play is 
they are going to need that defensive solidity. And that means not letting them off the leash. It's just going to be a case of uh, whether Team Jonathan um, can, can get a goal, which mm. obviously this being the home leg and the first leg, they really need to. So yeah, yeah, I, I really that. hope that the weekend was, you know, an aberration. But, you know, they're, they're not a free-scoring team. So no. they really need to be clinical here. And so I think it might be quite a controlled um, exercise from Lille. And have, have a look at with the potential there, that this could go badly wrong if um, you know they make a slip and then have to whip, get two goals, mm. you're, you're in a different ballpark. So... This one, I think, is going to be a nervy watch, mm. potentially. Um, Barcelona PSG is just... Um, I have I follow a lot of Barcelona fans on Twitter, good friends of mine. They appear to have calmed down slightly over the past couple of weeks. For now. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, that, as Jess said, makes you slightly more nervous than when this draw was uh, drawn. Mm. Um, but I think the Lille Ajax game is still going to be, again, a bit knife edge. So hopefully we're going to see two really good close games, and uh, you know, um, French teams coming out ahead. Mm. But I am kind of pleased that I have no dogs in either of these fights. Frankly. Yes. Yeah. What um what I probably would say personally um I, I think we're going to get two very different games I think we're going to get a very close um sort of potentially one nil two one Lille um Ajax tie probably more along along the lines of the one nil or, or even a one one and I think PSG Barcelona could legitimately finish anything I just I just don't trust either defense I don't trust either attack and I don't trust either midfield so it's it's um, what's that old thing about how to test spaghetti is cooked you throw it against a wall and see what happens yeah uh, so an another substance another substance in that um, regard as well but yeah um yeah i i, I just yeah it, they'll definitely be worth a watch both of them i think but um the, the only the only other thing i would mention as well i i don't know if anybody else sort of buys into this but it is a it is starting to grow a little bit tiring that that a certain Brazilian superstar seems to miss very important games against very important clubs, particularly one that he used to play for and would quite like to play for again. I don't like to be that guy, but it is it's, a little bit. I think it's, it's not about. I don't know about tiring, but I, you know, I, I'm not. I don't think there's a, there's no sort of cynicism involved this time. There's no, you know, no. The little I'm being break a bit between, yeah. There's a break between his birthday and his sister's birthday. Mm. I just. The, the debate was, you know, there's been times where he's been unlucky, where he's had a broken metatarsal and then the same metatarsal was broken again. And, you know, that happens, fair enough. But the, there's a sort of growing feeling, including within the club, that muscle injuries is different. And that is more to do with his sort of hygiene of life, as they say in mm. France. Um, yeah, yeah. And that he could be doing more in terms of early nights and rehydrating and and 
not so much now, obviously, but traveling to and from Brazil all the time, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that the f even when, even if you take the line that it's absolutely not his fault, he was brought in at great expense, yes, to sell shirts, but also to win Champions League. And so the fact that he, apart from last year, has always missed those, those crunch periods of the Champions League, at some point you have to kind of say that makes the transfer in some way a big failure. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying he has been a failure, but um, yeah, if he's not there to play the games, he's only, I think he's just over 50% of games played for PSG since he's been there. It's mm. not really good enough. It's yeah. enough to win leagues, but it's not enough to, to win mm. the thing that he was brought in to win. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I just, yeah, I, I think I think it's just, uh, like you say, that the off-the-pitch sort of lifestyle. Mm. I mean, none of us follow him round, of course. You know, I, I totally get it. And, uh, you know, and I know that none of us really know what, what goes on behind closed doors or, you know, behind closed country doors or whatever. But, um, yeah, I just sort of feel like maybe there could be a bit better self-care off the pitch and it doesn't help. The flip side of that, of course, means that we'll probably see a front three of Mbappe, Icardi and, and Moise Ken on, uh, on tomorrow night, as it is now time of recording, which I think is probably the best front three that will get the most out of Mbappe. So swings and roundabouts, you know, swings as and roundabouts. As long as nobody at Barcelona was watching Nice at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Well, although the way Barcelona play under Koeman, I, I, I think, honestly, I, I genuinely think it will be both teams will stand in the centre circle and go, we'll have a go. Yeah, you have a go. Yeah, cool. Okay, no worries. Let's have a go. I just I just cannot see this being a close, hard-fought, you know, one-all draw. I just can't. I, I'm sure I'll be wrong, but um, I think there'll be goals and I think there'll be quite a lot going on in this particular game. So, uh, And, of course, Anton Griezmann will be coming home at some point soon as well. So that'll be nice. But... Um, yeah, I guess we will see. And, and and it will also depend on whether Leo Messi fancies it as well, given his current sort of uh, situation with, with his employers. So I guess we will see. Just before we go, let's have a quick look ahead to the weekend's fixtures. Um, I don't know about you guys either, but I, I, I want to get back to enjoying a Friday night game again, because uh, with Coupe de France and stuff, I have a very empty hold in my Friday evenings. Well, luckily enough, uh, this Friday night, I've got, I've got a, quite a fun one to have a look at, which is Brest against Lyon, um, which has all the makings on paper of a fairly open and, and frantic affair. So uh, that's certainly one to keep an eye on. We've got St Etienne against Rams. Brest, we kind of criticised Lille, but Brest, I think, are a fantastic team. Oh, they, they had a bad period, but I think they're arguably the most fun team to watch in Ligue 1 at the moment. And, yeah, I agree. Um, 37 yeah, think, 4 44 against. So I think this will be a real <laughs> yeah. test for, for Lyon. Yeah. And also, I, I don't know if, I don't know the terms of the loan, but um, Jean Lucas had a decent game for Brest. He did. He, he did, yeah. He played very, very well. He's surely going to want to, got something to prove if he's if he's allowed to play. I was quite I shocked to find out that Delolio has actually only really had a, any sort of managerial career previously at Dijon. I, I had no idea. Like, I knew. He'd been at Dijon, but I, I just figured he'd been around a bit more. But no, that's this is his only previous um, flirtation, if you will, with management at 56. So I was quite surprised by that because what he's done 
yeah, Abrast is, is magnificent and long may it continue with that open style of play. So, uh, yeah, you just hope that they don't sort of have that, um, was it Angers who had that free-flowing style and then it all went horribly wrong the next season? You just hope it doesn't happen to them. Yeah, it definitely but, wasn't no, Angers. No, no, it wasn't. Who, who I think it was, was it Amiens? Who is it? It was a team that were very free-flowing and ended up falling down the table. Anyway, that's one for another rainy day. Uh, St Etienne against Ravs, that's probably not likely to be a, a, a sort of free-flowing goal-scoring um, romp, shall we say? But you never know. But that's the midday game on Saturday. I'm, if you I'm saying one. if you if you bet on if you bet then nil a quid on nil nil might yeah or under one point five. I think you're worth it. I think you're doing all right if you go there. Yeah. However, not against Marseille. Probably want to go the other way. Hard uh, bets. That's yeah. what you want for that. Cards <laughs> and goals. I think is probably fairly likely in that particular one. Uh, you got uh, Montpellier against Rennes, is the Sunday midday game. And, and just listeners, if you are tuning into this um, sort of semi regular basis, the midday games on a Sunday seem to be quite fun at the moment. So bank on this one being nil nil, of course. That's what happens, but it uh, might be worth a look. We've got uh, the two o'clock games then, um, four of them together. We've got Lens, Dijon, Nice against Metz, Nîmes, Bordeaux, and Strasbourg against Angers. That's Probably uh, Nice Metz has the, the most appeal of that one to me. And then, Is uh, yeah, I don't know why, just just does. Uh, nice, I've sort of, you just never know what you're going to get. And I kind of have a soft spot for Metz just for you, Jess. Nice, aren't I? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we're just, we're looking, I mean, if you say Lille and Nackers, we're looking absolutely shattered. shattered yeah, you did look tired, in fairness, in the Strasbourg <laughs> game. But um, Lorient will be hoping to continue their surge up the table. Um, of course, not going to be easy, though, as they host Lille. Um, you would say, though, on Lorient's sort of perspective, probably a good time to play Lille, um, just sort of just shy 72 hours post Europa League. So uh, and at home as well at Moustoir. So that should be a decent watch for 05 on Sunday. And finally, as mentioned previously in the pod, I, I don't think any of us will argue the fixture of the weekend is PSG Monaco at the PDP. And that's on Sunday night. Uh, and again, I think this is quite a big test for Niko Kovac's resurgence of Monaco and, and more for his younger players because this will be a... His defence. Yeah, that's my worry. have to learn what defence is. Yes, that is I think that concern. will be important. Yeah, I, I, this has the look to me of sort of a PSG romp uh, all over Monaco or it's a, a high-scoring kind of uh, end-to-end basketball affair. I just just sort of have that feeling that, like you say, Monaco need to, I think they need to score first. I think Jez and I said the same about the Marseille-PSG game a few weeks ago. I think if you get Monaco get in front, then um, we could could be in for something fun. But, uh, Although yeah, they've PSG been earlier in this season from 2-0 down. Well, yeah, that's, um, yeah, was it 3-2, three, three, wasn't it, from 2-0 down? So, yeah, I mean, a repeat of that would be... Would be lovely. Um, I think if you if you told me if you gave me last week's fixtures and this week's fixtures and told me that there'd be a week where all three other teams would drop points and PSG would sort of steal a march on them, I'd have said it was this week. So yeah. I think last week's the, the fixtures looked easier on paper. So I worry slightly. I know PSG will be coming off a big match, but they'd have had a, a bit of a break. But Lorient in good form. Um, Brest, uh, like I said, decent team, especially. Uh, well, yeah, I think it's they've got a stark difference in record between home and away. I think it's home that's better. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, PSG playing Monaco. I, I feel like this could be the week where where PSG sort of stamp their authority. Actually, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I think you're probably probably quite wise to say that because I, 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 as you said, I could see Brest taking something from Leon, um, naturally being biased, but I could see Lorient taking something off Leon. Hand on heart, three weeks ago, I'd have said no chance, but with the form they're in at the moment, um, Terra Moffi continues to score the goals he's scoring. That will be a big test for a, a you know already looking tired Leal. I think that could be a tough one. And, uh, and as you say, if PSG do roll over Monaco, then you you start to then look at the table and say, mm, all getting a little bit familiar, which is uh, which is where I will wrap up the show, actually, and, and inform you that Lille are still top, despite the uh, the doom and gloom that we've been painting with them. They're 55 points from 25. They're a point clear of PSG on 54. Lyon a further two back on in third on 52, with uh, Monaco sort of clinging on to the coattails on 49 points. Uh, Ren, as Jez mentioned earlier on, a little bit off colour at the moment, uh, slipping down to fifth without a win in four with Lens, Metz, Montpellier, Marseille and Angers making up the top ten. Down at the bottom, we mentioned Dijon have replaced Nîmes at the summit with Nîmes climbing above them three points but still in the relegation zone. Nantes sit in the playoff spot. Lorient just above it on 23 points and there's a five-point gap to Strasbourg in 16th and a further one point separates three clubs above. 29 points for Nice, Rams, Saint-Étienne with uh, Brest and Bordeaux making up up to the uh, 11th place in the table. So it's all getting very close. The good thing is about Liga is it, of all the leagues in Europe, it's probably the one with the most open title, title race in terms of the big leagues. So uh, getting some well-earned eyes on the league. So that's always going to be a good thing. I think we're, we're happy to say. So long may it continue. Right, I think we will uh, draw our particular podcast to a conclusion there for another week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And we don't say that enough, probably probably my fault really, but uh, if you do tune in every week and you do like our, our musings over the, um, the world of French football, then um, please do drop in and say hello anytime. But if not, and you just like to listen to us, then um, thank you very much. It's very appreciated from all of us. But uh, until next week, just reminds me to thank both Jess and Phil for their time. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And until next week, we will be back uh, as usual, all being well on the Monday. Good luck to PSG. Good luck to Lille. And enjoy your French football. We'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>